The Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast is sponsored by George Bombetta London. And what, are they, what is that? That is an Italian restaurant owned by Mr. James Longman <laughs> and other people near Snaresbrook Station. Yeah. And he gave me some stick because I haven't been there yet. Have you not? Uh, well, I, I've, I've had a. Yeah, I've had a few things on in the last couple of months, so I uh, haven't been able to get there, but uh, hopefully we'll get there before Christmas. Yeah, good. To make a reservation, go to bombettalondon.com. Hello, welcome to the Mother Brown West Ham podcast series five, episode ten. Joining me in the studio, she's not very well, but she's here. It's Bianca Westwood. Hello. Apologies in advance, everyone, because I I may be blowing my nose and coughing and sniffling yeah. throughout this podcast. And I'm sorry. A, and it's a very small studio, so the chances of infection are very high. Yeah, tough. Yeah. You want me here? You've got to get the lurgy. <laughs> well, trying to dodge the lurgy is a big face on KMB. He's a moderator. He's been around forever. He or he used to be a moderator. He's shaking his head. That's how out of touch I am. Never been a moderator. Haven't you? No. I feel like you have. No, I thought you confused me with Chaz. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> That's the kind <laughs> of research we do on this podcast. Yeah. Well, he's, a, well, he's a certainly a regular and he's yeah. a moderator of opinion on the KMB podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's Big George. Hello, how are you? Yeah, good. Appearance number three? Three or four, I can't remember. Three or four. Who's it's, counting? Oh, certainly not me, not me, not me by not the me. evidence <laughs> we've seen so far. Um, well, what a show we've got lined up. Stoke. We'll talk about Stoke. Yeah, we'll wait. talk about Ian Dale fee- feedback. We'll talk about where it's all gone wrong. Then there's all sorts of stadium issues, <laughs> capacity increases, Antonio getting dropped for England, Payet going PSG, the West Ham supporters uh, federation that's newly formed. And if we manage to survive all that, then we'll talk about predictions for Spurs away and the horrific run we soon face. Bring it on. That's awesome. I can't wait for this. <laughs> Stay tuned, listener. It's going to be good. Keep the energy high, George, if you can. Um, so, feedback. Claw Hammer, very interesting on the Ian Dow episode. Good to hear some positive comments about the stadium instead of all the tedious knocking from the same old few. The atmosphere versus Chelsea was as good as anything at Upton Park, except maybe the Ipswich playoff. And it is time we started being positive about something that will not change. However, however, <laughs> E1 Hammer. Another pro stadium at any cost guest and a Tory slagging off the BBC who works for a commercial radio and has his own publishing company. I went to Old Trafford once and we won, so I'm never going again. (laughs) We do need some more balance this year. Podcasts were better with people from the site or people that actually go home and away. Well... The, the pressure's on, George. The pressure is on, yeah. Well, I actually go. I haven't been away much at the moment because I can't work out the new ticketing system. So uh, there's this Dutch auction where you have to get your priority points in at 8 o'clock in the morning and when everyone's on the way to yeah, work. What is that about? I don't I know. I don't know how that works. You know, we used to... You know, it's just... Well, we could just... I, I mean, you know, let's, let's keep the negativity down a bit. But it's just... I mean, just things like that. It's just the whole ticketing thing's a bit of a disaster, isn't it, at the moment? You know, you... If, if you want to do anything to your own ticket, you want to upgrade your boys' ticket, it costs you sort of you know, yeah. five pounds a minute. And if you want to try and get an away ticket, you've got to get yourself into this ridiculous situation where, you know, yeah. but I don't know. I, I mean, I've got about six or seven t- uh, points. I'm not sure I'm going to get anything away this year. I want, you know, I wanted to go up to Everton and get a sniff of that. Uh, you know, Man City, I probably won't get a sniff of that. So. Well, it's been, isn't it? I missed that. Yeah, I thought six points might be enough for Spurs away. It looked like no, website, no, Spurs no. was much more than that. I oh thought. my god. I can't, I've got a wedding on Spurs. To a, a Spurs fan getting married, actually, on that. Which, that, <laughs> that, could, that could be painful. So, <laughs> did you yeah. like my points of view voice by that? Yeah, it was. It was very. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was the cold though. So uh... it was a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we need more? Pa- You're a radio professional, George, as uh, some of this may know. Do uh, do we need more balance in this podcast? Are we getting it right? I think it sounds funny. You know, you, I think you just get people on and talking who you want. Really, I mean, I thought Ian was great. Uh, I work for the BBC. He works for LBC. Um, he has been, you know, I, I cut, he knew my dad because my dad worked in the boot trade, so I know he's been a West Ham fan, you know, mm. for many, many years. And you know, it's about opinions, and we can't get too jumped up about it. Yeah, you know, so uh, I think you know, it's fine for people to come and say they love it. I'm not a big fan of the stadium. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of the move, and I'm not a big fan of the way things have been handled. But it, you know, I think there are people. I know that you, you're quite cool with the way things have worked out, but uh, a lot of people haven't. So you've got to have a bit of diversity in that opinion. But you know, mm. it's pretty split, really. Yeah, um, Ian. Last time we we talked about the kind of whether there is a media bias, obviously with your finger on the pulse of media. Do you would you agree? There's a, a kind of bias against West Ham. Like, does it feel like the media are out to get us at the moment? I think they've handled it really badly. I think the all the stuff they went on last year with secrecy and sort of not disclosing the documents, not disclosing the terms of the loan, it was always going to come out at some point and it really got up people's nose mm. that they weren't able to see what, what was going on. And, you know, it was going to leak, it was going to be revealed and because of the amount of public money, there was absolutely no way you could keep that secret. So I think that it lent a whole idea that there was too much to be high, to be that was being hidden by the club. So when it actually came out, I just thought, is there anything in there you didn't think was actually in it? We knew the rent was low. We knew that we hadn't paid much towards it. You know, the few details about light bulbs and corn flags, fair enough. But I think that really kind of made people antagonistic, particularly, you know, the sort of, you know, the, the sports news professionals. And I think that they, you know, and once you get into that, once you start poking at and start picking about what's going on with this deal, there's things that do come up which which annoy people. You know, we talked to, about, you know, kind of, you know, the stuff that we heard last week about the the seating and the escalating costs. And, yeah, well, that's, that's news. Mm. That is true. That is not, you know, nobody's making that up. Nobody's trying to pretend that, you know, you know, that three hundred and thirty million pounds or whatever it is is an acceptable amount of money to spend on a conversion. But, you know, it is the way it is and people got to report it. So people should stop taking it as a slight against West Ham. Mm. Do we think that if Tottenham had got the stadium they wouldn't be getting the same treatment? Nah. Oh, I think they would have done. Well I think I think Tottenham's Tottenham had a a bit of a mental plan, didn't they, to knock it all down and rebuild mm. Crystal Palace and do everything else? So I don't know how much they'd have had to contribute or whether they'd have, yeah. You because know, the reason we got such a good deal is because we agreed to keep the athletics facility and the athletics track. Mm. So, from that point of view, you know, but probably not because Tottenham would have, you know, in the same way, you know, they've paid whatever to reconstruct White Hot Lane, they'd have done the same at, at Stratford. But, you know, we chose, I mean, we we set, we nailed our colours to the mast very early that we were going to go in with the athletics venue and you know I think that's been a huge mistake but um, we we did that and but part of the deal of that is that we would get a huge reduction in cost and we wouldn't be paying for the conversion so we could keep it as an athletic stadium yeah but uh, as we will talk about later on that seems like a costly affair um, plenty of lively debate on the KMB forum after last week's episode so if you want to get involved here's how you can do so Get in touch with the show, email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter. Beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. Come on, you irons. Right. Let's talk about football for for a brief moment. If you can call it that. <laughs> West Ham won, Stoke won. A feast for the eyes, uh, George. Did you manage to not fall asleep? I think the first half was one of the worst halves yeah. of football I've seen in a very long time. We always use a, a game on Boxing Day. We won one nil against Coventry in 1995 or something like that. It was That's the dread- low watermark. As a low watermark. <laughs> and it, you know, that first half really touched that. I don't know... It's very difficult to understand what's going on at the moment. It's just the one thing that just I remember from that whole game, in particular the first half, was the amount of times we just gave the ball away, and it's just absolutely ridiculous. Last year we were hunted in packs, we were tight in midfield, we knew what we were doing, everybody knew their role, everybody knew their place. And at the moment we just seem to be sort of aimless and trying to move forward, and the ball just disappears off the feet of people like Pyatt and Noble. We had great seasons last year. And we're just not performing. I think that first half really kind of showed all of our footballing problems that we've had in one game. I didn't really understand what, why we didn't play Fernandez. I didn't understand, you know, why, you know, if, if, if we're going to have Cagliari and Zaza on the bench, you know, Ayu is a great, you know, he could be a great player for West Ham, but he's more of a kind of Valencia replacement than he is a sort of a, a sole striker. Mm. So we had, you know, we, as well as, you know, having not be able to kick the ball we had no outlet we had nowhere to go and oh you you know just coming back off a big injury isn't really going to be able to run his nuts off so that you know you can you can get people like Noble and Obiang and Pyatt to get the ball into him so it was pretty grim 
and pretty dismal. Yeah, um, Bianca, one touch in the Stoke area from a West Ham player in the first half. I know it is shocking, isn't it? But I'm um, I'm the same. I, I don't really understand what's going wrong and, and why everybody's just off their game at the same time, and that goes right from Adrian forwards, doesn't it? Mm. Um, and I suppose you can't expect AU to just come in and, and sort of, you know, be on the top of his game when he's missed so much football. Um, but then again, you've got if if he didn't play him, then you've got Antonio up front, which just doesn't work for me. But the reason I think he didn't put Fernandez on is because he wanted to play Antonio and he wanted to play AU up front. So then, where do you put where do you put Fernandez? Because he's not going to drop Noble, is he? Um, you need Obiang, you need Lanzini and Payet either side of AU. So I think that's why Fernandez didn't play. But we just don't seem to have any energy. There's no sort of tempo, um, and I, I just can't put my finger on why why not. And I don't think Bilic can either. Um, I interviewed Cresso actually last week and he said that they they thought they'd ironed out their problems but when you've got people still playing out of position like Antonio had to against Everton these issues are always going to happen and when, you, when you're playing without a striker you're not going to score goals are you? Yeah. And that's basically what's happening. I mean I, th- I just like I know when we're playing we're naming 11 really in AU as you say he's not a proper striker no. and then but where where are we scoring goals up front I can't see how we're going to score Zaza doesn't look to be scoring and then Carroll's permanently injured Sacco it seems like he's never going to come back apparently he's training with the first team again now oh good the Sacco situation I don't think anybody knows what's going on there and mm. I, I, I don't think it's a physical injury I think there's clearly just stuff going on inside yeah. that boy's head that yeah. you know can't can't be sorted out mm. easily. I mean, the whole stuff about you know these you know crashing the car into the church in, in on the Nelms Estate in Hornchurch last year. Mm. It's, just, it's just there's something just not right <laughs> going on there. Now maybe he wanted away, but he couldn't get away to West Brom. So we're not going to see him. You're right. You know they can't rely on Carroll. I mean, I love him to bits, but you know he's he's got a body made of porcelain and he's just he just mm. falls apart all the time. But you know, I thought Zaza looked you know, Zaza was did okay against Palace. Yeah, you know, kind of we kind yeah, of, I think, we I, think maybe, I do I do wonder whether there's been a board decision to say, right, we're not gonna give him the fifteen starts which will trigger the automatic yeah. transfer. So in that case, why is he occupying a, a place on the bench? Why is he taking if he's not you know, if he's not gonna come on, if you're not gonna play him and why why are you doing that? And I just can't under, you know, I I I, I I probably think Zaza is probably the best striking bet we've got at the moment. Um, I mean, I thought oh, I mean, that's that's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it is, it is though, but it's the truth, isn't it? I mean, mm. it, I mean, I saw Cagliari in the Olympics. I thought he looked pretty decent, you know, yeah. but he, you know, he doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to have adjusted. But it takes time to adjust this league. It takes time, you know. It takes it's taken the club time to adjust the stadium. Mm. But it doesn't. We don't seem to be giving you know the chance and a bit of backing. I don't know. I, I don't know what you're going to do against Spurs. We're not going to have Noble. Yeah. So, you know, you can, I don't know whether you can, it's probably not a light for light, but you can probably do something involving shuffling Ayer into the middle. Um, Reed will be back, so maybe you could do something more creative with Coyote. Yeah. And possibly, you know, play Zaza or play Gallier and just give it a go. Because, yeah. you know, I, th- I think, maybe I think we're going to Zaza nothing. to hold up the ball and then perhaps yeah. AU playing off of him. That might work. Zaza, like his movement, seems more like that of a striker. Like in a way that AU, obviously, he he gets himself in the right positions. But Zaza, he's got the physical presence, even though he doesn't appear to have the ability. Like he does make more of a nuisance of himself. So you don't get in the Italian national team if you can't. Well, he's in the Italian squad. He's just been named. Play football, yeah. You don't play Juventus, you know, for exactly that many years and be rubbish. But you know, you know, for. 30 years there's been players who've come over with big reputations mm. and who haven't fulfilled it in you know in the old first division let alone the Premier mm. League so you know maybe it's just one of those guys who just can't hack it in in England yeah um, let's talk about so we, we went in front I thought the atmosphere was bouncing I thought we might actually hang on but then Adrian what was he doing just come out had a nightmare I thought as well like when he came out like just before he did that he ran out of his area he came like storming out of his area when he really didn't need to like and I think he got fouled and like gave away the free kick but literally two minutes later he does the same thing again he did it completely with a corner un- as well yeah. he came out I, I, completely unnecessary Ian Wright gave him a bit of a well, yeah, Ian Wright on goalkeepers down. is not something I'm going to listen to too much but I mean just I, I 
I, I literally couldn't believe what I was seeing. He seemed to have lost his head for about ten minutes in that game. Yeah. Um, there was some some people went on with a Stoke player. I can't remember what it was. I think they, like I said, there was a foul. And I think maybe I don't know. Maybe he was going out for a bit of retribution. Maybe I, I don't know. It, he, he had no right or idea to be there. There mm. just was no point in him going out that far. Mm. And you know, he left us hopelessly vulnerable. And I think you know. You've got to think about what you can do for the next game, haven't you, really? Uh, it's got to be Randolph, isn't it, Bianca? He's got a, he deserves a chance now, surely. Well, you'd think so. He's done it a couple of times this season, hasn't he? And that's the worry. Uh, at mm. Watford, he was shocking. Uh, there was a, One of the goals, especially him and James Collins, got uh, mixed up. And he's got that in his locker. He's a worry sometimes when he comes out. He's fantastic at shot stopping, you know, against Everton. He pulled off... A worldie, didn't he? But he's, he's, he just worries me when he when he comes out for, for mm. the ball. And um, I just he's not commanding at times. I just felt more secure against Chelsea watching Randolph yeah. play. Yeah. I just yeah. uh, you just thought actually as a guy, you know, he's, he's playing steady, for Ireland. He? He's mm. you know he's his confidence is up. He's had a good summer, and you know. He... Do you think Bilic will drop Adrian though? I can't see it. No. I really can't. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, Slav's a very loyal, loyal guy, isn't yeah. he? And he doesn't want to do that. But I think that. Um, I mean, I love Adrian to bits. I mean, you know, he, yeah, so do I. He's just such a fantastic player. But you know, sometimes people just need a rest. If it, you know, if they need just to calm down and mm. just to you know reassess where they're going the mindset, and yeah. get, mm. the, get the get the right mindset going. I like Adrian and the, the Christmas catalogue in the onesie. <laughs> Not so much when he's playing football. If we could just rearrange that balance, that'd be nice. Um, so um, Antonio had his goal chalked off. Quickly talk about that. Was it his goal? Um, but it's the bed. I, I, that's amazing, really, because you get to see so many of those. Okay, it probably was going wide, mm. but he got the header on it. it. It was going towards the goal. It was going in the right direction. Yeah, it bounced off Whelan, but I don't know. I, I've, I've, I thought, he seems very unlucky to have got that, and he's really, really fed up about it, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he was, yeah. so angry. He really was. Yeah, yeah. I see a bit of passion. But, um, no, he's, uh, the, I, I, it's just one of those things, isn't it? I mean, I think that, you know, I, I can't understand why they didn't give it to him, but they haven't. Yeah, you know, been a great scheme. But it's good to see him getting in. And, you know, he's, he's the only goal threat we've got at the moment. And yeah. So you know, you want him to be encouraged. You want him to have numbers against yeah. him. But it's, um, you know, it's just such. You know, he he is the only goal threat we've got. So I'd love to see him get the goal. But you know, these people aren't going to change their mind. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is now we're, we're nine points worse off than this time last year. Um, bad times. Panic. Uh, panic is certainly taking hold for me. Um, Graham on KMB asked a few fans like, "What's gone wrong this this uh, this season?" So I'll just read a few out. Terry Land, poor transfers over summer, worked out by other sides. Manager exposed, no strikers. Catherine Burns, poor preseason, no decent striker. Terrible luck with injuries. Time to give some of the youth prospects a chance. Uh, Granchester Meadows, new stadium, striker injuries, weak bench, individual errors. Payet, not a patch on last season. Uh, and then lastly, Dave Boy, thinking we were much better than we actually were last season hierarchy's obsession with being a big club um, George can you put your finger on what has gone wrong I think we've been very unlucky with injuries I think you know and I th- and I think that I think the stadium move hasn't helped I think when you know we were talking about it at the bowling last year what was really impressive about Bilic's team was the way people just hunted in packs people tracked people down we always felt we were, you know we talked about pressing and putting people under pressure and you know we were always on top of a team that were trying to get to us and okay it didn't always work out we got you know we got beaten by Bournemouth we got beaten by Leicester but we were always kind of on them we were always trying to chase them down and I think that maybe this new big stadium and I, I was astonished to find they didn't you know for the first five games they hadn't trained at the stadium before you know before before mm. playing there so I think that you know that's a huge thing I think that there's a bit of a hangover from the summer I think you know Payet came back with a bit of a special snowflake attitude that he didn't want to get stuck in straight away what was it three or four games he missed at the start of the season other people were playing you know Ronaldo was playing for Real Madrid so it was okay for him you know I can't see why you know Payet needed sort of a, an extra fortnight in reunion or whatever else and I think that kind of set us off and obviously you know you can't get away from the injuries we've had you know we've We've had bad luck with Carroll. We've had bad luck with AU. But also, you know, in terms of the, we, we, there seems to be something going on now where we seem to be becoming an HP club. We don't actually want to buy anyone. We sit there. We want to try them out on loan. Yeah. So okay, you may say that's worked out with Zaza because 
he hasn't turned out to be the striker we hoped him to be. But maybe we had the confidence in him to sort of you know invest in it fully. We're in this kind of halfway house now where do we play Zaza or not because we might have to you know end up shelling out twenty million for him, or do we keep him on loan? And you know, does, does it you know if you were a player that you know you thought you were going to be bought, and then you end up in this loan situation, would you feel that? Mm. And this has happened a few times. You know, it kind of worked with Lanzini, though, didn't it? I think sometimes when they, when it works, they think it'll always mm. work. You know. Yeah. I think a few of their signings as well. That, like last year, they were, they got lucky with Payet and, and Lanzini. The year before, Valencia and Sacco hit the ground running. They just haven't done it this season, have they? The the signings have just not been good enough. They haven't got the quality. And I always yeah. struck me as being a bit of a kind of a desperate. You know, two o'clock in the morning in the nightclub signing, wasn't it? Really, it was. Uh, you know, something you had to get it done because you had yeah. to. You, you you come out with your big shout about getting a twenty million pound striker, so you went and got a twenty million pound kind of striker. And does that sort of satisfy what you said you were going to do? I'm not sure it has, and it's you know, it seems to have sort of you know, you could relegate both us, both us and Swansea in the yeah. process of doing that. You know, it's just well, if if Swansea go down and we stay up, it looks like a shrewd investment just to to remove their good their good play so they get relegated and we stay up so maybe mm. that was the thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> tactical genius yes. yeah I do think the for me like the criticism that's been levelled is like we've just bought we haven't bought well and I think that that's for me that's it like Torre I mean he's totally forgotten almost it looked like he's won his place in a raffle didn't he it's, it's, <laughs> no. I mean it's just yeah. and, and that I mean that was clearly a slav yeah yeah buy yeah, Bye. Bye. yeah. So, I mean, you do wonder about, you know, the judgment of a player there, but, you know, the first time you saw him and somebody just said after 10 minutes, I'm calling this, he's crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And he, he hasn't done anything to sort of, you know, to change your mind on that. And he doesn't even appear to be getting anywhere near the bench now. I don't think, was he not on the bench last no. game? Like, so I think, mm. and is he on loan? I think he's on loan, isn't he? I don't know. But, I mean, f- well, how do we get out of this, guys? Bianca, how are we going to get out of this? Well, I really don't. I really don't know because it doesn't look like Andy Carroll's going to come back anytime soon. We've got this horrendous fixture list coming up. Unless we can sign someone in January, um, I really don't know. Hmm. I'm at a loss. It reminds me, George, of 95-96, or was it 96-97? Your first half of your season, you're on a Choyus, you're Dumitrescu's, you're Paolo Futre's off Mm. the two games. So you've got this squad, a big squad of players, Bit of talent on paper, nightmare. Let's just get Hartson and Kitson. Yeah. I know. It's Let's just get him in panic Kitson. stations. Let's try and get some points. Is that? Do we need a Hartson and Kitson? Yeah, but is, is the Hartson and Kitson out there? And are they prepared to spend the money to do it? It's <laughs> no it, and no. <laughs> and I think the difference, the difference was in ninety six, ninety seven. You know, the board believed in Redknapp. I'm not entirely convinced that the board believe in Bilic and that they want to invest. You know, the sort of money. You know, people talk about you. Know, can't, uh, hit uh, Hartson and Kitson, and but you know they they were relatively small money compared to what you have to pay now. Because you talk about paying twenty, thirty million pounds for players if you want to get somebody who can change change the way we do it. I mean, unless you know, and I I can't see where that's going to go. I mean, you know, you talked about in what was it two thousand six seven? It was Tevez that kind of turned it around in the end, and we're not going to be able to go and buy a Tevez, are we? And you know it's terrifying. You know, so we could be in this situation. You know, I, I people say, yeah, oh, there's three worse teams than us in the Premier League, so we're not going to go down. A, that's not a great position to argue from. <laughs> and B, I'm not sure it's true. I'm not sure it's true. I'm not sure that you know that Sunderland won't get out of it. I'm not sure that you know. Well, fairly sure Hull won't. But I mean, I don't. You know, I don't, I, I can see Swansea getting out of it as well. You know, things. You know, things could change around there. I'm not sure about Swansea, but Sunderland. I think could after watching them against they, Bournemouth. They seemed to have spirit, didn't they? Yeah, they like, did, which is worrying. And even though they're in that awful, and they've position, got someone who can score goals. Yeah, yeah. Just from nothing, so and we don't have that. I think we're in real danger. I think you know, it's, yeah. We've already had kind of one in, in twenty eleven. We had that kind of ridiculous self inflicted relegation, you know, because of the Avran Grant situation and the way we ballsed up the Martin O'Neill Christmas appointment and. I feel that unless you know, we, they can do something to change the situation here, either you know get Billic firing again, get you know get the transfers in, I, I think we could be in real trouble. And I can't, you know, I I can't see why the players we haven't got there aren't good enough, but it's not working as a unit. Yeah, um, I don't know whether you know, but I do wonder what you know, we were talking about after the game whether just trying to accommodate Pyatt and Lenzini in the same team 
maybe yeah. a, you know make us a bit soft in the middle and that's what you know mm. we just it, it just didn't work on Saturday it was it was generally distressing that first half yeah <laughs> yeah I've tried to remove it from my memory Stoke are not a bad team though they're not, not a great team though are they but, I mean, no they're, they're but they've been, been they'd, they'd, yeah they'd been doing quite well of late yeah, you know, so... I mean, Joe Allen played well, and mm. how did he well. not get booked earlier in that match? By the way, that was horrific. Oh, I actually thought the referee was awful. On uh, I've given on up Saturday. on referees. <laughs> yeah, he, especially the worst one I'd seen for a while. Like Joe Allen was fouling all over the place. There was a really couple of blatant fouls. I think it was on Ant- Antonio. He should have got booked long before he did. The the, fan, like, the crowd were really angry at him, and then eventually Joe Allen did get booked. Like, but by then it was like the second minute of injury time. But yeah. Outrageous. Um, well, let's, in, in terms of changing things, a breaking news story tonight. I think uh, Ken Dyer in the Evening Standard says Payet to PSG, thirty million in January. Apparently, that's going to fry, free up Fabregas to come to West Ham. <laughs> um, right, Bianca, are you, would you go for that deal? Would I take thirty million for Payet? I've just knocked your mic. Sorry. Try that. Is that better? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I overgesticulated. Um, would I? I w- yes, I would. Good deal. Yeah, I think it's a lot of money for how old he is. He's not. His form has been very hit and miss, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and wh- I mean, the, the the problem with that is you could sell him and then not be able to get anyone in with that money, um, with any kind of quality that he's got. But I, I do think it's a risk that that we we could possibly take because you won't you you'll get peanuts from. The next season, if he if he continues in this form, mm. and I know he's a fan's favourite and all that, but I don't know. It's a it's a lot of money for how old he is. Would you go for that deal, George? I think it's up to whether he wants to stay or not. Mm. Um, at the moment, there was a ex West Ham employee was uh, writing up some quotes from the France football uh, TV program he appeared on yesterday, where it basically seemed to be uh, Marseille and PSG come and get me. Yeah. And I think if that's the way he's thinking. Well. You know, you need the the guy. If you want him to succeed, he's got to be motivated. He's got to want to play for West Ham. And I know it's not as simple as you know, sort of you know, kissing the badge or anything like that. But if his head's not here, if he thinks that you know he's bit big time after the Euros, and he think, you know, and he, and he probably realises he's got one big move left in him yeah. at the age of twenty nine, I'd, I'd let him go. But I think we should do what we can to keep him. But only if we think we can get the best out of him. We haven't seen the best out of him this year. We haven't seen him perform, and he he seems almost you know he was almost peripheral at times on Saturday. And you think, well, you know, if you if you can't do what we want him to do, yeah, there's no point. You know, there's no point. You can't build a team around a guy who doesn't want to be built around. Yeah, mm. I think as well. Like someone said to me, like he's not a player who's built for a relegation scrap. Like no. you see him when he loses the ball, he just kind of trots off like with his hands, like oh no, I've lost the ball. He's like, you've got to track back and get back, get back on the ball because like we need you. Yeah, like. I think, for for me personally, I think it's a deal we should absolutely. If his heart's consider. not in it, then yeah. definitely. But I don't think um, I don't think the West Ham board would let him go. Do you? I think they might do. If Fabregas is a definite option, I think. Are you, are you saying happen. that the West Ham board would turn down 30 million pounds for a twenty-nine-year-old player? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know because of it's Payet, and you know he's a a massive sort of part of. The, the West Ham team and everybody loves him the fans love him uh, you know I don't know I, there's something about it that just makes me think that I they'll d- hang on to him I just don't think there's any kind of strategy there at the board I don't you know if I thought there was a plan that they thought okay we can move play out we can bring some mm. people in but I just don't there'll be that we don't want to sell our best players kind of mm. um, argument for it but um, if they if they felt that the fans would be supportive of it they might go for it but what would really annoy me is if what I would suspect what happens they end up selling him in the third week of January then rush around try and find yeah. something to get in and that's, that's, that's what worries me mm. you know, bring Scott Parker back from Fulham or something I don't know but I mean it's just you know, that's kind of what, what is, that's kind of been the pattern of transfers over the last few windows where we've done late deals and either because you know we haven't identified our targets early enough or we're trying to sort of squeeze a buck out of the the transfer at the end to make sure that you know we don't have to pay top dollar by yeah. doing it the business in the last week. Yeah. So I think if we you know if we start doing that in January, I mean that's good. You know, there's a lot of games in January, 
and I yeah. think we could end up in real trouble. Exactly. I think they'll fear some sort of fans' backlash as mm. well if we get rid of him in January, especially if we... It does seem to be bothering him at the moment, to be fair, does it? <laughs> so I think the idea they you know, are really particularly up what the fans <laughs> think is... Uh, but January, if we're still not doing very well and we sell our best player, the supposed jewel in the crown, it could just cause even more problems than we already have. God, can you imagine getting relegated? In the, yeah. Like, just, oh, imagine, don't. just imagine what that would be like. Like, in the new stadium, like, I, just, I don't know what I'd do. Welcoming God. AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> Does I mean, anyone know what's happened to Reese Oxford? He's mm. injured, apparently. He is injured. He's injured. I mean, I, mean I, I only read that last week that he, you know, it was bad timing because he was injured at the same time that Reed was suspended and right. <sighs> I mean, we that, could do that, with him, eh? Yeah, that that puzzles me. That but does. I thought he wanted off, didn't he? I think didn't he suggest he was going to hand in the transfer request last yeah, summer? Hasn't he got time left? But him? he hasn't done it. Yeah. I mean, no, you uh, would have done it by now, surely, yeah. with January. But then he get he hasn't played any games, so yeah. These are the Round West Ham podcast is brought to you by BombettaLondon.com. I went there before the game on Saturday. It was lovely. It was fairly busy. Nice atmosphere, Bianca. I've not been there yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I will go. Well, if you want to go, you just need to go to BombettaLondon.com and make a reservation. Meat and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, other bits of news. So there's a big uh, kind of tech expose on the, on the, the the retractable seating inverted commas. It's going to cost eight million pounds to to change it between football and athletics mode. Uh, with the the stadium owners have gone for the cheapest option, which is the most expensive one in, in kind of practice. It takes 15 days of team working day and night. The consequence of that is that we might our first what would have been our first three home games next season won't be able to be played at home. So potentially we're not going to be at home until well into September um, and the consequences that would have obviously on the team George thoughts just, <laughs> just kept getting better doesn't it <laughs> um, I, I it, just the level of incompetence on everything to do with that and I, you can't blame the board for this this is you know obviously yeah. something that's down to the stadium operators but it, just nothing about this deal has gone right yeah when the whole thing you know, we're, you know we knew it was going to be an athletic stadium we knew when the what the athletics championships were going to be and the, the idea that you can't you know this is supposed to be kind of a, you know, a flip of a switch change of use stadium we've spent you know 300 odd million pounds was it 325 million pounds on changing this and it's still crap and you still can't do it and it still doesn't do the job it's supposed to do and what is the answer the answer is you know I can't see Sadiq Khan or the people behind the legacy companies sanctioning more money to be spent on making it better and easier to change so it's a disaster isn't it i mean it's just it's just a latest in disaster of a catalogue of disasters that have been going yeah. on for the last five years yeah bianca it costs like that eight million pounds to change it from the to move the seating back for athletics and the, i was thinking over the weekend if you gave me eight million pounds i reckon i could make a decent stadium a bit of mdf like that eighteen <laughs> montage when they'd be welding, like eight million pounds is a crazy. I don't amount know of money. how it, it gets to this astronomical cost. It was the same with Wembley, though. Do you remember mm. it was supposed to cost a certain amount, and then it just sort of spiralled out of control. I don't know how we even get to this, but at the end of the day, we've got no control whatsoever, and that's always the the danger of of giving up your, the rights to your own stadium. You know. And uh, you mentioned they hadn't trained at the stadium for the first few matches. It's because there's so much red tape if you want to do anything there. And that's even for the for the club itself. So this is just a situation that they're, they're going to have to deal with because, you know, they've signed on the dotted line and, and that's it. Um, I, I don't see any... I don't see this changing anytime soon. But I don't see how. I mean, do, OK, it's not the club's fault, but I can't see how the club would allow this to happen. How can you go into a deal... Where, you know, this isn't just about, you know, sort of the the amount of the, the space between the fans and the pitch. This isn't about, you know, sort of, you know, whether you got the segregation right. This is really affecting the sport and integrity of the club. And if you're, you know, I think I think it's gonna, you know, they, they're gonna finish. So it's gonna be two weeks to the end of August. So I think we'll probably be there for the start of September. But you know, we 
how can you allow it so you, you don't have home games in the first three or four games? And that's been that's not you know because of an accident or something that's gone wrong. It's built into the contract you signed to have the stadium there. That's just nuts. I know. Uh, but I, I kind of, part of me thinks this is such a mess. And when Sadiq Khan does this kind of inquiry into what's gone wrong and it reveals the, the scale of the amount of money the taxpayer will have to continually keep paying just to allow West Ham to play there with, with what West Ham are playing capped, surely there's, there might be a case where they just go have the stadium. Do you know what? It's yours. Well, that's like, the problem. I just wasn't just it? let go of it. That was Plan A. Yeah. But then, you know, the, sort of the architect. In. Well, it was also there was a there was a kind of activist architect. Yeah. That got involved and meant that you know because of rules on state aid and stuff like that, that we couldn't get the stadium. So, I, I think you know we kind of locked in this horrible loveless marriage that's uh, <laughs> that we can't get out of. Describing it. And it is though, isn't it? It's, you, know, yeah. we, you know, it's it, we both hate each other, but there's no way we can get out of it because it, you know it's just complete self destruction. Yeah. yeah, it's not you know unless someone comes in with a hell of a lot of money to yeah to to pay <laughs> maybe mean... sort of buy half of it or something like <laughs> I that do, I did think that at one time but I mean with all this crowd trouble and stuff like that I mean it's hard enough there was in this same report that the, uh, the, 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 the the value of the naming rights has dropped through the the bottom because no one wants to spend money to have their name on a stadium which is constantly kicking off with all these tru- all these troubles I think originally they, they I think said, that's going to ease off though don't you yeah, you'd hope so but it definitely damage has been done to both yeah, the stadium I mean, I th- and I'd, West Ham as a brand I think they just just write it off for the season and come back to it next year because I mean in terms that. of the naming rights because it's just not going to yeah I think they've given up this year there won't yeah. be any naming rights this year so I don't know what do you do you still got to turn up haven't you yeah, and they have to. Yeah, you know, they've got to make the stadium work. I mean, they. I know they tried at the weekend to try and make the stadium work, but it's kind of mixed success. Of, um, slightly tinier tweet by Karen Brady saying that's the real result. <laughs> um, I can't believe she writes her own tweets. By the way, like surely she didn't write that. Like I can't believe somebody who was paid yeah. to do. It. I mean, maybe we need to kind of Trump type situation where we take the phone away from. Uh, <laughs> Um, sorry, that's a terrible thing. To say. She's not as bad as Donald Trump. She, you know, she's not a serial sexual predator. But um, but you know, it, it's, it just shows that kind of like the, the tin-eared attitude of the club. They don't really understand how the supporters are feeling at the moment. You had all the stuff about you know moving those guys out of Block One One Four, and you know the way they did that. And you think that well, you just need to learn how to make it work a bit better. But also consider that. If you're going to really irritate people, you're going to really annoy people, you should try and do something to ameliorate that. And I can't understand that. You know, they, you know what happened with these guys. You know, but, you know, the block nearest the away supports, they moved into another area. Now, there's some sort of debate, and I don't really know what happened to them after that. There's some suggestions that you know they got some pretty heavy, heavy stewarding. But I spoke to one of the guys before the game who'd been moved out there, and he said, we just got a letter telling us. There was no discussion. There was no sorry and we were offered a pro rata season ticket refund you know would it kill him to say here's 100 quid to go and spend in the club shop or here's a mm. here's, you know we'll invite you to a hospitality event to say sorry for your troubles or something like that and it's just like well, why can't, you know it, it, apparently it's about 200 people or something like that that, they, that it had to happen to I think, well why can't you just do something to make it better mm-hmm. and try and think about how can you give something to the fans to make them feel that you that you value their custom because if this was any of their other businesses you bet they'd be making sure that you know that won't be the same situation yeah yeah i agree it feels like whenever there's an opportunity to cut a corner we take it yeah like that goes from the the loan the badges on the seat you know when you got your name on your seat with your season ticket in certain areas we we didn't get our names on our seats (laughs) in the cheap seats (laughs) (laughs) you know the quality of the chamois leather yeah on the seat Joe, just like, I don't know. Yeah, they do seem to have lost touch with how important the fans actually are. And uh, I mean, this criticism was aimed, like, I think um, Danny Gabadon said it about the Avram Grant era. Like, you know, he just wasn't, we didn't spend the money when we needed to in mm. the, that season. And I wonder, in all aspects of the club, whether it's not just the transfer market this year, it's like everywhere around that it impacts the fan experience a corner has been cut and we're it's just reaping all those rewards they're referred to nowadays as customers fans mm. but when the customer is supposed to be compensated for situations like that they're not treated like 
customers. They're treated like fans who don't really mm. sort of mean anything. In any other business, if you know you had to move or change or you know what you were buying is is completely different to what you originally bought you would either you'd get a refund and you'd probably be looked after and and it just doesn't go there it goes across the, the situation I mean I went in uh for my appointment to the uh, reservation center and we had you know we quite difficult there were 16 of us we all wanted to sit together only two of those were plus twos out of the six there were, so there were 14 um mm. And then, uh, but, you know, we had, you know, 16 of which eight were kids. And we had one guy who um, was a victim of a hit and run accident. He has a lot of difficulty walking. So we're asking, what are you doing for the ambulance disabled? Because at the moment, he can get, you know, he, he, come, he used to go to the black line before the game in Plasto and get a cab to the gates and walk in from there. And it was all fine. Everything was great. And he's, he's just had a nightmare this year. He just can't get to and from the ground. Mm. He said he was there, at, you know, knocking on for half past six on a wait for the disabled bus in freezing temperatures yeah. just to go back to the stadium and I think it's just just yeah. sort it out just little touches know? like that it's not hard is it the devil is in the detail relegation watch oh God. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore if this is how it's going to be I'm resigning oh come on George what would you rather have something to play for though, in, in April <laughs> so much May. better last season no way would you not rather have give would me you not a rather, no. yeah. give me the season. sweet vanilla of 11th I know but you, you know I think the one thing that might make this stadium work is that you know if you go into March and April <laughs> and you realise that every game means something I would much rather. I mean, the last tenth. time we did that in 2011 it was an absolute disaster. We finished bottom, but uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. Oh. Um, Bianca, how are you feeling? Are you changing your opinion? Relegation watch now? Do you think you can, you can give me a percentage likelihood? You can give me odds. Oh, talk to me after we've played Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. Really? So that I mean, okay. you're a little more downbeat there than last week. Yeah. So you're writing off the next four games. Uh. I'm not writing them off completely because. So, how many points out of 12 do you reckon? <laughs> 13. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> the, the, the weird thing is about West Ham, sometimes against these teams, they can turn up. Well, this is the thing. A part of me thinks, you know, a couple of podcast times, we're talking though, about four of the most crazy wins in. But it we had happen. a much better team last year and, and, and we didn't turn up at Wild Lane, did we? No. I mean, that was an embarrassment. Um, I, I, I don't think we'll get relegated, but I'm not sure we won't get relegated. I think that's the way a lot of people are thinking. Um, I think that you know eventually people will come good. Eventually, Carol will come back. Eventually, Ayu will start firing. But I think the idea there's you know there's a I just I was looking on the forum today. There's lots of oh there's three worst teams and us. It's no, it, it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Teams you know teams improve. You know, Saladice is knocking around. He's going to turn oh. up at Sunderland. He's going to turn yeah. up at Swansea. He's going to turn up at Hull, or he could turn up. At West well, <laughs> this Careful is my question. <laughs> this is my question. No, he's right? not. If it guaranteed safety, if it guaranteed safety, George, would you would you have Big Sam sign your contract? Sign the contract. I think too many people around here, around where oh, I sit, would explode. There'd be, <laughs> there'd be Armageddon. I don't think. think I think could do it. I mean, yeah. I, would, would you think they'd rather go down? Would it, would it rather safety guaranteed now under Big Sam? I don't. Think I don't you know. Can do I, that. I don't know. It's not an easy decision for me. I think I'd like. I don't. No, I, I, I think it, you can't go back. Not not that soon as well. Not after what's just happened. It's like a lit firework. No, I I I'd rather see Pardew back than Big Sam. I'd love to see. Yeah, Pardew I would back love to see. I speak Pardew to my back. boss, who's a Palace fan. I mean, no, I say it. I say that. Sorry, I don't want to see Billich go. But if he did, then I'd love to see Pardew. I speak to my oh, boss, I'd who went up to that. Burnley on a. Um, you know, sort of the last minute yeah. defeat, and he was saying, "Yeah, I'm not sure whether Pardew's time to go." We're thinking, but if he does go, we won't be short of suitors. And people have sacked Pardew. It lives It's rarely ended well. Yeah. yeah, and I thought he's actually bought. He's done all right at Palace. I think those players are just underperforming for him. Those players, I think he decides he's made it good. And like he is, so, like he's probably my favourite West Ham manager of all time. Like the the good times of Pardew were so good. They were, um, and it, I mean, he and they went. It went sour because he was just a bit inexperienced. Possibly, it went to his head too much. He, you know, he lost the dressing yeah, room. He, commas. he was kind of, yeah, it was a little bit of, you know, he was made of chocolate. He would eat himself, <laughs> and he, you know, he did love him. I mean, there's a couple of times I saw him come out of. Uh, we were drinking the Crown and two chairmen, not um, 
five minutes away from here and he was coming out of the ivy giving it the big I am and thinking yeah he's yeah good so, luck to him yeah I know <laughs> and he was a, I but he wasn't he wasn't uh, uh, obviously, I, mean, I can't remember where it was it was one of these podcasts I can't remember it was one of the end of season ones but it talked about you know you know, Pars insisted on having a better Bentley than the boys in the team and stuff like that. So, but I think, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, let's not talk about that too much. But, you know, I, I, I don't think we will get relegated, but I think we could get relegated and I think it's a real possibility. I think eventually we'll finish 15th, 16th. I'd love that. I would love that. What, what just what worries me is because of the, the next run of fixtures we've got, by the time you get to, I think it's like the fourth... <laughs> Of December, it might be the tenth of December. Around there, um, our confidence has been really low. Anyway, can you imagine mm. what, if we get nothing out of these games, which you could see happening, if we don't get people starting to score goals, then we are really going to be on the floor, and it's just going to be a crap Christmas. And I just, oh, I'm just not prepared for that. <laughs> this is as depressed <laughs> as you've ever been. When I'm the cheery one here, so we're, 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 we're in a bit of trouble. It might be the cold. It might be the cold. I've been ill all week. Well, we've got the international break, but after that, our next game, Spurs at home, George. Uh, Spurs away, away. rather. Um, can we get anything there? It's always one of those rare games, isn't it? Because you never know what's quite going to happen. I remember when I went, we went there, uh, I think it was after we came up in 2004. No, oh, four, yeah. And Noble had just broken through and Anton sort of yeah. scored a brilliant goal for the equaliser at the end. It was just a, such a... <laughs> Such a fantastic day there, and so I think you know those kind of it, it is a derby game. It does, we do, you know, get into that situation where we do sometimes overperform and we do get stuck in. So hopefully, you know, last year wasn't so good. Year before, pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. So um, I don't know. We could get something there. We could not. You don't know what West Ham's going to turn. We just need to get into it though. Like I said, you just need mm. to get that that fervor and get that need intensity to be, back. Fired up yeah. again. Yeah. And yeah. just you know, sort of you know, just be a unit and you know, get stuck into them because I, I, yeah, I think Spurs have been playing some great football this year. Um, I actually found myself enjoying one of their games, much to my distress. Oh my Earlier God. in the season, but you know, we, you know, but if we can get into them, they, they you know, they, they, they've got a few doubts going on there. You know, they're not quite sure what's going on. People like you know, some Kane of will be back though, probably unless yeah, he I think gets. He played against the year. Was that? Yeah. Against Arsenal, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he scored the penalty. So unless he. Gets and picks up a knock for England. Mm. Scotland. I don't know. I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll say a draw. I fan, yeah, draw. fancy getting a point there. Bianca. I mean, you've been pretty depressed so far. Is the is the run continuing? Um, I'd love to say I think we'll get something out of it, but I'm not. I don't know. I don't think we will. <laughs> First time I've ever done that. <laughs> but as I said uh, earlier as well, sometimes with these games, everybody will turn up, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it might sort of kickstart our campaign. We need to get something out of it, really. Yeah. He's, he's got two weeks to work with them, hasn't he? Because, you know, who's exactly. gone? Payet's gone. <laughs> Away. Uh, no Valencia, but Zaza. Zaza has I mean are the Africans playing this week uh, I'm not sure so I mean, maybe maybe Coyote and yeah so maybe he hasn't got that many players no yeah I mean it's time the international break in a way because uh, <coughs> it feels like that Stoke um, the Stoke is kind of the end of our little period of resurgence so maybe it's good to kind of get away from the, from the yeah I thought Everton was worse yeah I thought you know obviously I watched that in the box but I, you know I thought that was a yeah. And then considering they got ripped apart by Chelsea. Oh my God, yeah. But the same Chelsea team who we destroyed, like, not even that long ago. So this is a Jekyll and Hyde West Ham, maybe. So who knows? We could go to Spurs and win, win all the other next the tough yeah. games that are coming up. Suddenly we're top of the league, George. And we might even prefer to win the League Cup <laughs> game than any of the league games, I think. You know, in the semi-final of the League Cup, that'd oh, be quite mate. nice, wouldn't it? No, 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 yeah. no. And more Yimney, you've got too many bad, too many bad memories there. Getting smashed by City a couple of years ago. Smashed by Birmingham. Smashed by Birmingham. Good times. <laughs> Oldham. Oh, 1991. Yeah. Oh, a veteran. God. My God, that was a miserable day. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I think we're, you know... There's a there might be a little glimp of a glint of light somewhere down the end of this. I hope so. Horrible tunnel. I still believe. Yeah, sure. It's only November. But George, thank you very much. It's all right. Absolute pleasure. You're on Twitter, obviously. FGF Man. 
Yeah, SGF man on Twitter. Uh, can I just say one thing? Yes. If you're on Facebook, uh, they're, they're trying to get a sort of a West Ham Independent Supporters Association underway. And if you look up uh, WHUISA on Facebook, uh, you can join the group and people get to know what's going on there. Um, it's all early days yet, but we're just trying to get a, a voice at the club that isn't kind of owned by the club, really. Because I think part of the problem with the SAB and all the other groups that have been involved, they've kind of been in, beholden to the club. And we're not you know, we're not there to confront, we're not there to say bad things, we're just there to try and help. But we, you know, obviously I think it'll only work if we get a decent number of people behind it. Yeah, so, so, the, so this is uh, a supporters group run by supporters who want to be the most prominent kind of supporters group. And with with like you say, the aim of being the go the the people who get to speak to the club on behalf of all the fans, right? That's the hope. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of quite a high aim at the moment. I think yeah. we're just trying to get together and see if we got the support. I mean, there's people from KMB, there's people from you know the other websites and groups. So we want to try and get together and make sure that we can. Yeah, there's, there's people from the Hammer Supporters Club, uh, Hammer Social Club in Castle Street, and it's just questions that if there is a broad base there and they can get it together then we can see what we can do to make it work. I mean, it's just about, you know, hopefully we can get into a situation. I mean, there's a woman called Ali who I think was, you said was Bowling Ali, used mm. to write for Olas. And she, you know, she's done a lot of work with other supporters groups like Spirit of Shankly and about how you can engage, how can you build a decent yeah. sports group to engage with the club. And then hopefully you can stop the club from making mistakes. That yeah. There may have been yeah. a few. <laughs> I haven't noticed. Um, that's a really good. That's a really good um, idea. I thought I remember reading about that. So, yeah. and yeah. you just would you do go to Facebook and type yeah, in WHUISA or uh, there is a guy called PC Hammer on KUMB. If you want to message him, mm. and he'll let you know what you can do. That's Paul Christmas. There does seem to be missing a link between mm. you know those at the, the corporate level. Yeah chairman level and then those in the fans it, there just seems to be such a divide now. we are the only club that doesn't have a representative on the football supporters federation well or let's not, sort that well, out yeah let's yeah. let's and somebody's doing that at the moment because yeah. you know we <coughs> fact, frankly one of the guys that's involved knows kev miles so he's just gone to a lot of do it if you want me to do it but it's you know it, it's just you, know, you, you need a voice to be heard and probably this season more than any other season amazing mm. good okay get involved good then. drive Bianca, thank you very much. No problem. International break next week. Week off. Yeah. We'll speak to you after that. Hopefully I'll have recovered by then. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, but in the meantime... Come, come on, you on, guys. Guys.